and welcome to this episode of The First Film. I'm Q Nguyen and I serve as the Director of Content Development here at APHA. So as of last November, terzepatide is now FDA approved for weight management in adults with obesity, identified as a BMI of 30 or greater. Or in those who are overweight with a BMI of at least 27 or more, who also have a weight-related medical condition such as hypertension, dyslipidemia, type 2 diabetes, obstructive sleep apnea, or cardiovascular disease. Now keep in mind that it should be prescribed and used as an adjunct to a reduced calorie diet and increased physical activity. So the newest medications that have come to market for weight management evolve from those being used to treat patients with diabetes. And these have been available for over two decades. The glucon-like peptide 1 receptor agonists, or GLP-1 agonists, mimic our natural response to food intake, so increasing insulin secretion, decreasing glucagon release, and slowing gastric emptying, thereby increasing satiety. And again, with the slower gastric emptying, you feel more full or full sooner, and so your appetite is suppressed. It essentially is a physiologic regulator of appetite and caloric intake. However, with tercepatide, it selectively binds to and activates two incretin hormones. We have our GLP-1 as well as GIP. So GIP is the glucose-dependent insulinotropic polypeptide, again, GIP. GIP is a hormone that is secreted in your small intestines and Tercepatide's effect on GIP is thought to further contribute to the regulation of food intake. Now, its approval was based on their surmount studies on obesity. For the surmount one trial, researchers looked at weekly doses of tercepatide titrated up to 5 milligrams, 10 milligrams, or 15 milligrams compared to placebo in patients with obesity or those who were overweight but had at least one weight-related comorbidity although diabetes was excluded. There were 2,539 participants. At 72 weeks, the primary efficacy parameter of mean percentage change in weight from baseline was assessed for each dose range. There was an average of a 15% change in weight, meaning participants lost an average of 15% from their baseline weight at the beginning of the study with a five milligram dose compared to placebo, who lost about 3%. For the 10 milligram dose group, there was a 19.5% weight loss. And for the higher dose of 15 milligrams per week, there was a 21% weight loss. This is where you hear most of the stats referring to a 20% weight loss or a weight reduction. Just for good measure, yes, these are all statistically significant. Great results, right? But note that it's coupled with an exercise routine and a diet with a caloric deficit. Now in surmount two, they tested the higher doses for weight management in patients who were overweight and had diabetes. The results were statistically significant compared to placebo, but with lower mean percentage weight losses than those found in surmount one. So remember, GLP-1 agonists do not come without side effects. These drugs are mimicking hormones that are produced in the gut. So their side effects tend to primarily be GI side effects, such as nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, or constipation. Foods that are rich in fat tend to increase these negative GI side effects. So something to remember with counseling. However, aside from that, 
rare and more serious complications are gaining a lot of attention. First, there's the black box warning that terceptide can cause thyroid C cell tumors in rats, but we don't yet know the risk in humans, so there's a contraindication for use in patients with a personal or family history of relevant medical conditions. Other considerations and concerns gaining attention include weight maintenance after cessation of the therapy. So when people stop taking the weight loss medication, they often gain the weight back. There's also guidance on stopping GLP-1 agonist before elective surgery because of safety concerns about vomiting under anesthesia, as well as um, aspirating. There are increased incidence rates of pancreatitis, gastroparesis, and bowel obstruction. Something to keep in mind as terceptide has not been studied in patients with a history of pancreatitis or gastroparesis. And to add to that, there's been a huge increase in reports of adverse events associated with compounded semaglutide, a different GLP-1 agonist. While some are definitely okay under the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, there are several versions that are being sold on the internet or touted in medical spas that may be counterfeit and can and, and it really shouldn't be sold. And so that's a no-no. Lots to keep in mind and lots to be aware of. So we have a very effective weight management therapy as long as you continue it, as well as balancing the risk versus benefit of initiating or continuing that therapy. Well, I hope you enjoyed this quick update. Till next time.